This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Always. Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds. Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you Star Wars nerds out there. I'm Joanna Tuzi Two Krupnik. And I'm Brian. No, no, you make the decision, Plofsky. And we're so happy you busted out your spacecraft lasers to be with us today. Because today in the Nerdverse, we are engaging our tractor beams and giving you our immediate reactions to episode 11 of Andor on Disney+. Plus. Some housekeeping. Be sure to head to the feed and check out all of our past episodes where we've been covering every episode of Andor so far. And that's not all. Check out our newest episode on Wakanda Forever, which we just saw. We have also recently covered Tales of the Jedi, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, and She-Hulk. Those and all of our other episodes, and there are so many, are all there waiting for you on the feed. And just a heads up, we, uh, lately we've been doing a lot of mashup episodes where we cover multiple shows in one episode. That's mostly over now, but um, there's just been a lot of content. We're trying to cover it all. So easy. Just check the timestamps in our episode description and you can skip around and listen to the shows that you actually care about. Yeah, and you're thinking just like I'm thinking listening to Johanna. How can you keep up with all of this? Well, it's easy for you. Just be subscribed to The Nerdverse with Johanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow along on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at The Nerdverse Pod. Uh, But first, as we start all of our episodes, this is your spoiler alert alert. I repeat, this is your spoiler alert alert. Today we're going to be spoiling a lot of things. Uh, In our news segment, we might be spoiling some stuff, but of course we'll be spoiling this episode of Andor, Rogue One, maybe some New Hope, Rebels, Clone Wars, um, all the Star Wars things. But before we enter into our Nerdverse customs, um, we've got some fun, fun news from this week. Um, So this will be our breaking news, nerd news segment, Nerdverse news segment. What are we calling this? Nerdverse news that's what we're doing. Yeah, nerdverse news, news in the nerdverse. Yeah, extra, extra, nerdverse read all news. about it. Extra, so nerdverse news. What's all the shouting? Go for it, Joanne. I know you have some stuff that you're interested in letting us all know. <laughs> no, about. I don't have a ton. I just got really excited because I saw that they're putting Andor the first couple episodes on. ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu. So it's only the first couple? I I think so. It it said the first few episodes or maybe the first like two, which seems weird. Like I assume that won't be the last, but um, this is kind of unprecedented, would you say? Yeah. I mean, it it literally seems just like, uh, hey, we need more people to watch this show or – it could right. be a scenario where, you know, how we – when Andor dropped, we got the first three episodes and we got, like, very into it. I'm wondering if they're dropping these episodes because Andor is so good and, yes, they want more people to watch it. But maybe people will get hooked because it's not your typical Star Wars show. This is a right. 
Tinker Tailor Soldier Andor. You know, this is like <laughs> true, like, you know, yeah. uh, thriller, um, uh, espionage. Wow. I can never remember I know. I never word. can remember that name. I never can remember it, too. It's yeah. always a challenge. So, Maybe people get into it it's that way. It's definitely because the show is so good and they need more eyes on it. Um, I fully support this. Like, give these people... Sure. If you don't know how good the show is, I want people to know. So it's just really exciting because it shows that, like, Disney knows, too. They're like, this is so good, but we just need more eyes. So that's really exciting. The only other thing that was super exciting to me is that um, Anne Hathaway has been talking in every interview that anyone ever asks her like when will there be a or will there be a princess diaries three and she's always very like i'm ready to do it we just got to get the like people just have to agree to do it i'm not gonna say no and it's just been this like running joke that she's just like obviously obsessed with doing this but like no she can't get anyone to do it well it may actually be happening now officially so that to me is I don't know if I want to say exciting, but I'm just like, just add it to the list of nostalgic things coming back on my screen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I didn't I, really like the second one, but the first one's phenomenal. The first one's iconic. Um, I really enjoy those movies as well. And, um, and Hathaway is a Jersey girl. Um, and I love, uh, Jersey girls. Uh, I love people from Jersey in general, so I will always. Do you support. love Anne Hathaway? I do. Are you an Anne Hathaway fan? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So know. a couple things. One, I think she is a very good actress, and I don't think she gets. I know she has an Oscar, but in general, I don't think she gets enough credit for the quality of work that she has put out in general. Um, um, okay. for even outside of like Les Mis, if you look at the work that she's done, even in supporting roles in things like Brokeback Mountain. Um, Rachel getting married. She is incredible in, she is very charming in the princess diary movies and she adds layers to those characters. There's more happening than just like female princess ingenue in those movies. She is spectacular in oceans eight kind of as a making fun of herself. She's, she's a wonderful actress that doesn't get enough credit. And for some reason we always forget that she's a really good actress. And yet like, I feel like everyone like has this stigma or hates her. And then like you go in and you see her in something. It's like, Oh, she was good. And then you immediately forget that she was good in that movie. Colossal is another really good performance from her. Um, there's a lot of good stuff. You're, out there. you're not mentioning her, her run as Catwoman. Oh, she's excellent in that movie. She is doing a okay. great job in a movie where I don't necessarily love the depiction of Catwoman, but she does an excellent, excellent movie. Go back and listen to our, uh, Batman, uh, uh, episodes when the Batman came out. Oh, yes. But uh, yeah, I, I think she's an excellent actress. Um, and okay. uh, I, I don't know her personally, so I don't know her as a person. I don't rush to see an Anne Hathaway movie, um, but I always appreciate her in, in those movies. I'm very excited to see the new one that came out uh, about being Jewish um, in, in, uh, in, in New York. Um, I'll, I'll look it up uh, while, while we talk about Armageddon that. time. Yeah, Armageddon time. Yes. Yes. Um, she might get a cute little Oscar for that. Who knows? No, she already has her. She's she's done. She might get okay. a nomination, but she she won't win supporting. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that was our <laughs> tangent on Anne Hathaway. If you all uh, 
cared. She also did the paper mill program, and so she 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 was a she was big in paper mill as a, as a as a kid too. But she's older than me, so I never like crossed paths with her. Um, Darn. Alas, poor York. Um, uh, some things from my end that I wanted to share. Um, kind of talking about nostalgia. Um, the uh, Santa Clauses, the Santa Claus TV show came out. The first two oh episodes dropped on on Disney Plus, and I watched the first episode. And I can report you back. You did? Yeah, I watched it on the Peloton <laughs> today. Okay, and you can report back. It's excellent. Really? I had a blast. Now, listen, I know it's a lot of nostalgia bait. I get that. I actually think, again, I've only watched the first episode. I think the story is interesting. I think that there's a reason that it's been brought back. So, you know, spoilers, but not spoilers. Essentially, like, Santa Claus is losing his magic because people don't believe in him anymore. They're not asking for toys. They get from Amazon and all these different ordering oh, systems. Oh, I like that. So it takes place during Christmas uh, Christmas Eve when he's delivering presents and his magic is off. Um, so the first and, – and we find out that he's had two kids with Mrs. Claus um, – and those two kids are, uh, you know, they like miss their dad on those nights. They don't spend Christmas with their dad because, like, he's out, you know, helping the other kids. Um, it's it's very nice. There's obviously like um, the story. There's 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 a plot to move forward from. Um, you know, there's also a lot of adult humor in it. Like, there's double entendres that like him losing his magic is like a sex joke, but it, only the adults understand that. Um, but the, you know, lost his mojo or whatever it is. So there's a lot of that in there. There's a lot of one-liners that are funny. I haven't gotten to any of the, like the cameos or stuff that's in the trailers because I've only watched the first episode, but I am pleasantly surprised by it. Yes. There's some off color contemporary, like of the moment jokes that like are not my favorite. Um, but mm-hmm. I moved past that a little bit. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely charming and I'm, and I'm excited to, it's only six episodes, so I'm excited to watch the second one now and, and you know, watch it week to week, you know, over the next couple of weeks. So I, I actually would highly, surprisingly, I would actually highly suggest the Santa Claus. That's great. I think, I personally think what I have, um, I'm very, like, uh, strict about my Christmas viewing schedule, so I think what I'll do is wait and watch Santa Claus in December and the second one, and third one. There's mm-hmm. a third one, right? There and is. then I'll watch. Okay, and then right, that's the Martin Short one. And then I'll go into the show. I just feel like the only Christmas things I can watch and before Thanksgiving are like terrible Hallmark Netflix Christmas. Sure. Movies. Oh, and have you more. have you watched the Lindsay Lohan one yet? No, but that will be happening, and that'll be okay. on my list because Lindsay Lohan is back, you all. She's back, and I couldn't be happier. I know. Me too. Again, nostalgia. Lindsay Lohan. Protect her at all costs. Yes, I agree. Some other things that I wanted to bring up. The She-Hulk Assembled is now on Disney+. Plus. I have not watched it yet. Joanna, have you? I have. It's it's always a delight. Um, And I don't think I learned a ton. Did I learn a ton? Um, It's very easy, and it's a very straightforward Assembled. It's not like being, they're not being cutesy like they did with, like, Loki or whatever. Okay. Um. But always, I love the assembleds. I love them. Cool. Um, and then uh, something else I wanted to mention is that the Batman uh, TV show, The Penguin, is uh, is coming out in twenty twenty four. But with your favorites, your uh, very favorite, Colin Farrell. <laughs> I haven't seen his new movie yet, the new Martin McDonough movie yet. Uh, 
but uh, uh, Banshees of Inisherin. I cannot wait for that movie. I am so excited to put my butt in the seat and see that movie. Me too. Um, Me too. But um, they did say that the Penguin TV show will take place in between Batman and whenever they make the sequel, Batman. So this is kind of a bridge movie to see what okay. happens, like with the underworld. Um, so I'm, I'm. That's that's interesting, and I'm very excited for that. And I just, I just need more Colin Farrell in my life. And I'm so excited to see this movie, um, The Banshees. And I hope that he gets his nomination. You are like the third or fourth person since I knew you liked Colin Farrell to be like, I'm obsessed with Colin Farrell. Like not, really? not that I people. Yeah. I, I'm a lot. You are not alone. And I'm realizing that the hive for Colin Farrell is very big. So I no longer think you're insane. I'm just like, Oh wow. Okay. So this is a real yeah. thing. <laughs> um, man, I could just, I mean, I could go on about him, but um, we should definitely do a Colin Farrell centered episode where we talk about our favorite Colin. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. We'll um, do it before penguin starts. I think so. I will say my one of my one of my sleeper performances from him is uh, the uh, father in Saving Mr. Banks. I know you always say that. I it's it's, it's he's very good in that, but um, I can't say that I I like. Well, actually, no. When I think of Colin Farrell, I actually think of that role because I think oh, that was his first role, like back on TV, right? Like when he kind of returned. Is that fair to say? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember his trajectory of kind of like mm. getting. Maybe out of he line. just like, came into my life again in through that movie. Oh, possibly. Because he yeah. had a a spell of some time. Yeah, off. I believe he uh, had to go into rehab or something like that. But uh, I I don't yeah. actually know, so don't quote me. Um. Anyway, and the last thing I want to bring up is, uh, the Black Panther box office. Yes. Um. So the Black Panther box office it made 180 million opening week. Currently, um, after last weekend, it's trending around 381 million to date. Um, and uh, that actually puts Disney's movies over 3 billion this year. That's a combination of Doctor Strange, Thor, Black Panther, um, Pixar's Lightyear, um, Death on the Nile. Uh, it's all technically Disney stuff. So, uh, yeah, mm. those are. Uh, good on them it's number one uh, in the world too i think right now yeah definitely and yeah. it like destroyed black adam in terms of like <laughs> even opening weekend and all that i think the rock did a tiktok being like wow this is this is wild he's like wow the um, hierarchy did not change really at all yeah, Only got- <laughs> yeah. um so yeah we we that that's uh that's nervous news um every week we're going to be going through the news of the week so, uh, you know, hang in there with us if you missed anything. Um, but now let's head into Nerdverse Customs. Uh, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Let me see your identification. This week, we're headed into the Star Wars sector of the Nerdverse. And I'm very nervous right now because Why? there is a tractor beam that's going to try to stop me as I try to enter a planet. And I don't have the right codes. This is a very appropriate episode to do <laughs> customs. Um, I'm it's going true. to do. He, here is my passport, and it is seven quad jumpers. Cool. Uh, mine is nine. Thank God, my suitcase is still where I left it above the showers. Don't you just love that when the maids just don't clean anywhere up top above? The <laughs> they showers. just don't do anything above eye level. They're like, if yeah. I can't see it, it's not worth cleaning. 100 percent 
I love that. Um, cool. So we are going to pop into Andor episode 11, the penultimate episode of season one. Uh, Joanna, what did you think after last week's banger of an episode? Uh, what did you think of this week's episode 11? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, so episodes for 11 and 12, uh, I read an interview where Gilroy, uh, Tony Gilroy, who wrote this episode, uh, it was directed by Benjamin Karen. Um, he said it would be the most momentous yet, these two episodes. Um, he said, and I, uh, any quotes, hopefully they are the most powerful two episodes that we have in the show. He told this to Rolling Stone. It's our emotional catharsis. It's our physical catharsis. It's our summing up for these 12 episodes. We've invested a lot in it, so we have high expectations that we're paying it off. End quote. Um, so that being said, very thrilling. But I will say that this week's episode was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was a slight letdown just by the standards of the series to me that has made this like one of the best shows on television right now. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if the worst case outcome for Andor is that episode 10 or even six through 10 set like such a high bar um, sure. that the season like can't really clear. I, it's not a terrible problem to have. So I didn't love this episode. It's very much like a chessboard that has at like things are just moving. There yeah. was a little bit of repeating, but, and like things like, yeah, we know this, we know this, but I know it's, I, I trust that it is for a reason. And, um, and obviously, most was worth it for the old school Star Wars comeback that this episode gave us. Sure. Which I am referring to space. So those mm. are my thoughts. What about you? I mean, I, this was not last week's episode, but I still loved this episode for many reasons. I think we got another great, some some great Luthen moments, obviously. We have the mm. space chase and the tractor beam with his laser beams coming out. Definitely the, the highlight. Yes. Yeah, we, we also got the a fantastic Luthen saw sequence, which we'll talk about um, in a little bit. Um, you know, like you said, all the chess pieces are coming. We're all headed to Ferrix next week. You know, his mother passed away. We have, um, what's his name on, um, you know, uh, with the phone call? Karn, Cyril Karn. Cyril Karn yep. from his phone call. Now he knows to go to Ferrix. We have... Cassian finding out that his mother died and he has to go to Ferrix. We already have Cinta and Luthen maybe going to Ferrix. Um, Vel maybe going to Ferrix as well to check in on all of that. You also have Bix, obviously, and Deidre, you know, all watching Ferrix. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this funeral, I'm very excited to see what the funeral procession is kind of like. Um, you know, she is a daughter of Ferrix, so I'm I, I'm sure there'll be like a big... I always love the cultural stuff in Star Wars that they make up. Like like the light show from the um, heist episodes and, and how that the affected eye. that. Yeah, I loved in this episode where he and his friend escape. Um, and uh, they run into those, um, what are they, Kandarians? Narkinians. Narkinians, thank you. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and uh, and they basically were like, well, the, you know, the we find out what the Empire did to them. Those prisons ruin their water um, and they can't fish as much. So they let them go. All of that stuff is fascinating. So I'm very excited to see more of like the Ferrix culture in general. Um, and so we're setting up for that. Um, some other things I'll point out, um, the cameras or whatever those pieces are in the um, torture room for Bix. Those are from A New Hope as well. Um mm. Uh, and uh, something I want to point out is that he finds out that devastating news at the end 
in a similar place where he meets his end in Rogue One. Him standing on the shore. Oh, yeah, with, sure. With the with the light in the back. This time it's a different light than like all the light coming to hit him and Jin. Um, but uh, I thought that was fascinating. I thought that. Um, and we'll get we'll get into Mon Mothma and the religion stuff and all of that. But I just wanted to say that I did enjoy this episode. It sets up episode twelve nicely. Obviously, not going to be episode ten, but uh, I didn't expect it to be, like you said. Yeah, no. The I'm uh, just going to the end of my notes here. Yeah, the the heartbreak at the end was with the shoreline was crazy because that is the only time we've ever seen him stare at a, sh- a shore basically the exact same way, and it just situates him on a path that is destined for tragedy, but it's tragedy that will restore hope in a hopeless place. So it's kind of beautiful, but that was, that was sad. Um, yeah, I mean, there's plenty more to say, but yes, yes. Yeah. It was a, it was a great, I mean, this the show is so good. I mean, it just, this just episode didn't have, you know, last week's stuff, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but just, yeah, ex- absolutely. Um, some things that I did like about this episode, um, I really liked how I like how confident the that Luthen and uh what's his right hand lady's name who runs the shop? Clea. I like how confident Clea. they are because Clea is also, you know, when Vel comes in there kind of demanding, you know, all the information or demanding Luthen's attention or whatnot, Vel's confidence in like you know what? You may be one person, but I have all these plates juggling in the air. Like they're just very confident and very steadfast about exactly what they stand for and what they want to do and how they're going to go about it. And we learned about that even last week with Luthen's incredible speech. Um, and then this week when he visits Saw um, and tells him about like what is actually happening with Krieger, he I think that's the most vulnerable we've ever seen him so far. He's like basically telling Saw like all this stuff and having Saw make the decision. And, and as he says, Saw's a wild card. And you and I have known Saw for a while now. And Saw is a is a is a wild card. He's off the off the rocker sometimes. And we're seeing him kind of have his screws loose as these, you know, every appearance um, uh, happens, obviously the last one being Rogue One. Um, and what I find fascinating about it is Luthen makes this amazing plea to him where he's like, so you need to focus because like, he sees him all over the place. And Forrest Whitaker's performance is all over the place in a good way this time. Um, and when he pulls the gun on him, he's basically like, hey, I need you to focus and think about this clearly in the same way that I think about it. Because right now you're off the chain. You're off the hook. Like we need to reel you back in. And I really appreciated that because the acting work that Skarsgård is doing here to like make this other character understand. And then he does comprehend all of it and makes the decision that Luthen wants him to make together, even though it's ethically questionable, is an absolutely that well, I was just enthralled and so engaged in that sequence. Yeah, it really shows Saw's um, uh, paranoia starting. Like, well, it's probably—I mean, it's already started. But his just seeing him with the tubes, like uh, guy, it was just—you really are seeing the how intense it's gotten for him with with his paranoia. Sure, um, I think. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel great about Saw and Luthen ultimately agreeing to let Krieger take over for the team, but 
I don't think we're meant to feel good about it, which I enjoyed. Like in this, that that convo was so gripping, and the show has again one, made one of its favorites favorite points, which is that the good guys in the rebellion aren't always good. Um, I of course thought of Grindelwald when he said, "For the greater good." Um, do you think it's weird that we never met, or that we have? I don't think we have. Will meet Krieger, or would it be, would it have been more impactful? If we had, or do you think, or did you have any opinion on that? So I do have an opinion on that. One, we did meet him this week a little bit in the hologram. In a holocron, that does not count. <laughs> um, right. I would say that the conversation is more interesting and their decision making is more interesting because we as an audience member cannot empathize or sympathize with Krieger because we have not met him. We don't know if he's right. this like big bombastic oaf. We don't know if he's like this sweet man who like is fighting for the, you know what I mean? For the rebellion, for his family. Like, I don't know anything about him except for like, what are the Uta Hagen questions? Like when you're studying a script, (laughs) Uta Hagen, the acting teacher and the script analysis person basically said like the questions you should ask yourself when reading a script are, well, who does the script say you are? Who do you say you are? And who do other characters say you are? So you learn about an individual through those three pieces, what the stage direction is saying, what everybody else is saying, and what you say about yourself. And we don't get a lot of those pieces. We have to fill in our own blanks because we've never met this person. Therefore, it's fascinating to see them make this decision where we have no emotional investment in this person other than the fact they are breathing. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought it was an odd choice. Um, But... Maybe it would have just been too crowded if they had. I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess we'll see how it plays out. Maybe there's something that they have uh, planned. Similarly, what were your thoughts on Marva and her death and how all of those things, everything around that? Sure. (laughs) I have two thoughts about that. The first thought is I will always be bummed that we didn't get more of her. Her performances in this are just so delightful. And some of them are delicious. Those scenes. She's just like, especially the scene where she says she's not going um, with him. Mm -hmm. Fiona Shaw is just like a home run of an actress. Um, And we saw her on stage in, in good jolly old England. Um, Yes, we did. But uh, I, so I'm bummed that we didn't get more of her, but I mean, it's the only thing that's going to get him to come back. Even the, even on the even on when he's talking to Val or uh, whatsoever his name is on the intercom, like on on the when he called him, he oh, basically yeah. he basically says that like I'm just tell her I'm thinking of her. She'd be she'd be very proud of me, which was deeply sad. Um, and that but he wasn't coming back. He had to stay away from the planet because it wasn't safe. But now this this is the only thing that probably – he had his conversation with Bix. He had his conversation with everyone else. He, he had his conversation with Marva. But that's the only thing that would really bring him back. And also it's emotionally um, important for us as an audience. We, we can empathize with that. And while we know that he's going to make the wrong decision by going back and we'll see what the outcome is there, it's still you know a very believable, justifiable thing that he would do. Yeah. Um- I, I mostly meant, yes, I, I definitely think that, that we got that 
one-off scene last week where we learned that she was hiding her meds and they would not have put that in that episode because it literally was the only Ferrick scene we got if it mm. wasn't important leading up to this episode. So yes. I definitely anticipated it, but I did think we'd see her um, even if she, you know, even if it's just her face, I, I honestly think this was so strange that maybe it's like a scheduling conflict, but I will justify it and say that she had such a great last episode for herself that with that awesome scene about love with, with Cassian that it's fine. And, and, and because we don't see her, we do get to see Cassian get that information, which is really powerful. And of course, when he says, um, you know, tell her that she should be proud of me. Like she, she would be proud of me. This is, he says this to Jen later. He says, your father would have been proud of you. So that's what I thought of when he, when he said that, because it's, True. you know, it's something that's obviously important to him yeah, that's to an excellent point. have that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's checked in though. So someone knows that he is alive and that he knows. So I'm guessing that word, you know, might get, around uh that he's that he's oh i heard from cassian so that'll be really um really cool i i thought it was really neat to have these two different spies spying together and not knowing it for two different causes on marva's house in um cinta and the scottish guy that i don't know his name gorve or something Mm. um Who's who's so that was for really ISB. interesting. Yes. So you have the ISB guy who's like lurking, and then you have Cinta who's like, yeah, huh, huh, uh, have a seat. And he's like, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, I'll take whatever you got. Like they're yeah. both literally not paying attention to one another. I mean, they are. That was why it was interesting. But I thought that was that was kind of cool. Um, and I felt, oh my god, B B B, poor B. Like how heartbreaking was all of that? Oh, that stuff was oh deeply sad. And just having watched The Crown, like, you know, you just get a lot of eyes, like zooms on human eyes, you know, older they get and just crying eyes. That shot that is in many movies, you know, just on an eye, just seeing emotion. And they do it with B's little camera eye. I know. It was really heartbreaking. It almost made it okay that we didn't get to see Marva actually. Yeah. But speaking to what you were mentioning at the very beginning when you're talking about customs, I absolutely loved this one about being turned into a brick, basically. Um, yes. Just showing how tightly knit this community is. Um, I thought that was awesome. Just Me too. Just innovative, a great thing. That's why I just the show is awesome. It's coming up with all these customs. And, um, I mean, Ferrex is just so interesting. I still am obsessed with that Reckoning episode where everything, they're banging everything and it's like a yeah. code. So that was awesome. Um, you yeah. also mentioned Bix. Uh, wow, Bix looks horrible. Like, mm-hmm. whoa. I mean, that Brutal. was like, she couldn't even, like, she can't even walk. I, I'm i torn between, or is she just going to die and it's going to be sad and like this, she's mm. just, she there's not much of her left or is this like next season she'll be like recovering from this trauma still but like trying to bounce back i have no idea how it's gonna go because at this point she is like a she is like a shell like there's not much left yeah i wonder if she'll join the rebellion because of her trauma and her ptsd and what they did to her and then obviously she's an expendable character and maybe that's why andor is more 
uh, standoffish with Jin, even though he's given the instructions to off her potentially or off, um, not her, um, uh, her dad, right? He, his, his instructions are to assassinate her dad in Rogue One. Uh, wait, whose instructions? Andor's instructions on the, on the sly are to kill. Oh yeah. Galen or so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm wondering if like his relationship with Bix and Bix is expendable in whatever way in term Bix is, Bix is, is expendable because she's not in Rogue One, even though she may still be alive. Um, right. But I can imagine that affecting the way that he his relationship with Jin is in general. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. But I, I imagine that uh, she's still obviously a very big part of what's happening because even though it wasn't a long scene, we did get a specific scene. Whether it was just to remind us of Krieger or not, like we still got a scene with her. Yeah, I'm curious if she'll say that that is, she'll just tell them that that is Luthen because they ask her, but we don't see what she says. Yeah. If she's um, smart, she'll just say it was because he's going to go know. anyway. So my other question for you is, can we talk about uh, our favorite scenes, our Mon Mothma scenes? Oh my God, always. Um, what did you think about, one, how... So Mon Mothma tells her cousin Vel about everything. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, there she's in a boatload of trouble. And she is obviously clearly still considering the offer um, in terms of marrying her <laughs> oh, yes. kid off to his kid. Um, I guess, and, and, and let's talk about that with the backdrop of kind of, I guess it's a little unclear, but her daughter is like finding the old religion. Right. So it seems that, the um you know this this parallels the younger generations like in our society uh you know tr- who seem to who seem almost determined to revert to puritanical ideas that negatively impacted i think we can say the generations before them so it's kind of it's it's like startling and kind of ingenious because it <laughs> it it almost makes it makes mon's point it makes Mon's uh, uh, plan or choice like really pain, like more painful, but then also kind of not because she might want it, which is like not what I expected. Yeah. Even so I love even, this that. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I Sorry. I was just going to say even her her conservative husband um, is not exactly like all for it. Yeah. And I didn't I thought she was like this. Uh, you know, I think we're supposed to because we don't see anybody else, any of her peers until now. Like, I think we're supposed to think that she's like, you know, screw my parents. Like, I'm, you know, out with the out with the old and the new. But no, she's like, she's one of those people. Uh, and they, this, they, they exist in our lives as well that like have found solace in like the old. So I thought that was like kind of kind of she i mean it seems like she would like this custom so that's yeah i mean even just the sorry the way she was her mom sorry the way that she was looking at her mom just like hates her and on top of that you know i i i can imagine a situation that we're seeing here where her parents or her mom is a lawmaker her father is a socialite they're all socialites you know they're trying to progress into the future she doesn't love the way that like this these these ideals and government have like affected her parents and how she's treated where she lives 
So like for her to be able to find this kind of solace, this kinship in these words with these people in, in kind of like respecting where they came from, as opposed to like where they are, like it totally as, as either a form of rebellion or not, um, is a fascinating kind of element to throw into Mon Mothma's decision in terms of like layering it and making it more of a dynamic situation. Yeah. And it's just also like, cool, like crazily convenient, but not in a way that I mind because I'll be able to sleep at night knowing that Mon didn't do something that her daughter will hate her for, but it is still really rough. Cause you know that Mon, that this makes it even worse for Mon almost because she just, she knows that this is not the way and that, she's subject what she's going to be subjecting her daughter to. So then just like using her daughter. So that was really, that was really interesting. Um, I, you know, I I didn't need to hear her talk about what's happened. I guess it was kind of helpful to just like have it laid out. Like the money was going, the money was going flowing downhill and then Aldani. And then she had to quickly pull it back up, pull it back up. And then she couldn't. And that's why she needs this money to stop this dam and and you know or everything is going to go to shit when they sense that the bal- the books are off balance. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, Genevieve O'Reilly, like what? Like she, I, she can like recite the phone book to me. It's fine. One hundred percent. We did know this already. Yeah, absolutely. I guess you know what do you think is going to happen next week? In the finale. Um, with Mon or the whole episode? I, the whole episode. Where are we going to end? Oh, um, well, um, I, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I know, I think that there's, it's going to be explosive, I feel like. And I feel as though Ferex is going to be the seat of everything. Because I don't know if you want to talk about Karn at all, but. He's obviously like, though he didn't get the message quite clearly from his buddy um, back on Morlana, he's like gonna go there now for sure. That's that's his yes. next place because he's like, all right, well, I don't know like what's going on, but I heard something about a funeral. I know it's Cassian's mom. He's not there, but he probably will come. And he went back into his mother's private box, and he's definitely headed there. So I don't. But then there's the spell house thing that has to happen too. So I don't know, you know, where all those ISB people that we know. I wanted to say something from last week, which was that, and I completely forgot, but when Lonnie suggests to Kyburn from Game of Thrones, I can't remember his name, his character's name, but the like ISB head old man. Sure. um, When Lonnie says, you know, shouldn't we do it? like the way we always do it. If you look at Dedra, she looks the minute that he's that Lonnie suggests this, she looks immediately at like her underling next to her. And she's like, come outside. Like, mm. I think that she knows about something about Lonnie now. Cause oh, of what, interesting. Cause of, cause of him saying that. And I watched it again and I was like, Oh, this is very, I like, I, I, uh, was definitely, why did I not say that? So, um, I don't know though where that puts her because she's obviously on this Krieger thing, but I know she needs to be on Ferrex too. Maybe, maybe. So I, I do not know. Um, I tend to Ken, as I say on Outlander. Um, but that, that's, very, I, so 
I, I yeah. that moment stuck out to me too in last week's episode. Um, I, I fascinating that you saw it that way because I took it at that she was mad at her team for not coming up with that idea. Right. I think that's what I did too. And then I rewatched it and like wrote in this terrible margins. I don't even listen to my own notes. Um, want to rewatch that if you watch her, it's like, yeah. And, and what he's at, what Lonnie's asking for, which is like, don't you want to do it the way we always do it? Cause, um, you know, that that's probably better. Mm. I mean, it's, it is kind of obvious if you like think about it. So sure. Yeah. I, I got a different take when I watched it again. Um, did it, bo- so, uh, just before, uh, Cassian gets, um, it kind of, <laughs> it's a kind of a little lighthearted scene that kind of has flashes of like the OG trilogy with like Chewie and the Ewok trap on Endor. Like, I don't know. There was some old school Star Wars vibes again in the episode through those Narkinians. Um, though I did have to watch it twice to be like, wait, why did they just release you? Like they were very like, oh, we're going to eat tonight. And then they're like, just kidding. No. Um, what, what did you, what did, did you mind how convenient that all was? I don't because we literally just watched what he had to go through. And also they have him hanging off the cliff and being like, we're like, they have to wait for any movement to cease before they can keep going. And they're like losing feeling in their hands and toes. So I didn't really mind that like they could successfully get on to the quad jumper after that. Yeah. I think that they're meant, they're showing us like, no, no, his heart, his life is still very hard. It's not going to be lickety split. So I didn't really mind, but did you? No, I didn't mind. And and I also found that it was just a nice way to show that like the, the, how the empire is affecting everybody. Those prisons ruin yeah. their water and their food source and they're willing to help out anybody who is uh, this, you know, everybody's enemies, you know, come to come together for the same enemies, that kind of thing. So that didn't bother me at all. Um, and their, their, their uh, production design of those um, aliens was very cool. Yes. Uh, everyone's been giving grief that there's not enough aliens on the show. And um, I think there, I think there is, I think it's totally fine. Like yeah. I think sometimes they're a bit distracting um, I don't know if that's controversial to say as a Star Wars fan, but there are times where it's like, did you just like want to make a dope costume, which is totally fine. But I think it were like where it's been used throughout this show. And there have been plenty of different mm-hmm. species and aliens. Um, I think it works really well. And, you know, you have one laying in the hotel, like that kind of stuff is great. Yeah. Cause it's like, it fills out the world, but it, it presumably costs like one-tenth of the budget if you just see like a weird undulating like tentacle beard in a bed as opposed to like the two Narcanians. So. Sure. You mentioned um, costumes. Um, yeah. Uh, could you rate uh, um, Cyril's mother's house coat? Oh, my God. She is just fantastic. That was like that was like a 10 out of 10. She's like just giving me Star Wars Mad Men mod, and I absolutely love it. She looks stunning, and all of her jewels in the in the safe. I just, I just love, I just love this realism. I mean, Mon Mon takes the cake. Uh, her costumes are just out of this world, but I love the house coat. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. 
Um, last but not least, can we talk about the air fight? Because that was probably one of my favorite parts of the entire episode. Me too. It was awesome. Yeah. Because we've heard about the Fondor. Oh, where's the Fondor? Oh, not the Fondor. And you're like, okay, it's like a freaking ship. No, baby. This ship is sick. It's super cool. Sick and tricked out. I love how he gets the code for... Where is he going? He's going to Padme's... Um, no, no, he's going to Alderaan. And he he gets the successful code, which, you know, I watched it twice, and I was like, wait, did he not have the patience to know that his code was going to work? But they were going to pull him into the tractor beam, what, to make him sit and wait? or like Yeah, more or less. And anyway? Just, mm-hmm. So that they was... They said, like, um, the thing about practice... Yeah, so I guess if they had their way, they would have seen his code was good, and they would have said, well, while we have you, um, come on up. We're just going to do a quick look-see, and then yeah. we'll let you go. Mm-hmm. So I guess that there was no way out if he didn't um, pull some pull some punches. Yeah, absolutely. Punches. Um, I I was getting Maul's lightsaber with the with the lasers that came yes, out. Yes, of course, but that was awesome. It's awesome, it was so good. And then just like boom into hyperspace, which is the only second time we've seen hyperspace really used in this show. Which again, crazy because they use it all the time in other Star Wars things. Um, and I think it, yeah, it probably ranks as one of the better dog fights in the Disney era. I don't know. It it was like yeah, it was so really concise. Fun. Yeah, and it looked it was, really good. Yeah. It had a purpose and, to it. There was a ton of tension. Mm-hmm. We've also, like, very much fallen in love with Luthen and his character at this point. Not necessarily fallen in love with the character, like, on, like, but but fallen in love with, not what the character's doing, I should say, but with the character. And, um, you know. I mean, I'm in love with Stalin and what he's doing, yeah. so. I mean, there was a poor part there where I thought that that was, his, that was it for him. You know what I mean? Where... He, Me too. He, he talked to he talked to uh, narratively it wouldn't make sense. Um, but he talked to Saw. He got his thing. He, you know. But I mean, I expect him to not see the end of this season or not see the end of season two. He he. I don't. To me, Luthen will not be making it through this series, as far as I I can think. Um, oh, but no. that dogfight was pretty spectacular, and the tension that was built, um, was just really good. Um. Um, and just like the bewilderment of the arrest, what is it called? Which is a nod to the earlier Star Wars, right? The arrested ship or arrester. Um, they, they're just like, holy shit. The like this guy just, yeah, it's called like a, um, arrester, the ship that the, that the, that the Empire's on is, has a name and it's a nod. I think, I think it's from early early days of star wars like that model of the ship that i think it's something the arrest or something but anyway they the uh, they're just like it wasn't a star destroyer remember um the droid on the fondor says what it is but in any event i mean of course it looks it's a big big guy like a star destroyer but it's got it's like meant to do other stuff in any event he I, I I had the same thought, which was like, oh, I guess it's not his time yet because he's definitely he's definitely going, and I definitely thought it might have been this moment. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, okay, so this isn't it's not time yet. Yeah. So, uh, 
But the, narratively, oh, my only question... he needs to he needs to make it through. Narratively, he needs to have another scene with Andor at this point. I think so too. So is that who they're talking about when he? I feel like a big dum dum when he has the coded conversation with Clea, his assistant at the. Oh, well, I don't know if he's maybe she's not his assistant. Maybe she's his boss, but his coworker at the museum shop. Um, when they're when he says, "I really." There's a lot, and she's like, "There's a lot of interest." I like wouldn't, and he's like, "We can't risk losing this piece." Is he talking about Cassian? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but he wants to kill Cassian, but that makes no sense because he saw all this incredible magic in Cassian at the very beginning, and he's like been obsessed with him. I don't know. It just, I don't feel like he wants to kill him. Well, he, he, wants, he wants to, to kill, kill him, him because he doesn't know where he stands. He escaped. He held Vel at gunpoint and took the ship. Like he does. He's that's a wild true. card to him. So if he says, no, no, I'm good, we're good, then maybe he won't have to die. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have to die. <clears throat> I can imagine a scenario um, in this last episode where Cassian is cornered by Luthen or cornered by Cinta or cornered by somebody from that Aldani crew and him just having to tell them, like, what happened and that he's, like, all in. And he should... I, I bet he still has the book. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? You mean the... Um... The manifest, the manifesto, the manifest, right? Which they made sure we saw this week. This like uh, audio book. Yes, <laughs> this manifest. audio book manifesto. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I I'm so excited. Um, Me too. What a fun should, ride this has we, been. I know we should say so. We're going to next week is Thanksgiving, so we're going to um. Because there's also the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, we're going to do both the finale and Guardians in one episode mm -hmm. uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So um, if you were a little late on that for the finale, trust us, we are watching. We'll just get time to watch it over and over again. Yeah, um, but we want to combine them and also have Thanksgiving. So it'll come a little late, but don't worry. We will have it for you. Um, any more thoughts before we wrap no. up? I'm genuinely sad for this show to end. I am so sad for this show to end. I, I, I really want season two ASAP. Like, I, 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 this show has such a momentum right now with me that I just want to binge all of season two as well. You know, like, I'm just like all in on this show. I'm really jealous. Our, our friend of the pod, Aaron, he just watched it today for the first time. He, cause he was waiting for enough episodes to come out. So he just binged everything today. We I've not spoken to him yet, but mm. he's watched the entire thing today and then he gets the finale next week. Like how incredible jealous. of a watch. Yeah. I'm jealous too. It's one of those times where I'm like, I wish I could watch this again, having yeah. not known what I was seeing. I, I will also say this show very much works as, especially after the, this show works as a week to week series pretty well. And I would attribute that to the fact that we got to binge the first three episodes. So the first three episodes <clears throat> kind of set up that it was going to be told in these arcs. The first three episodes were very much in tune with one another. And they really don't work in one-offs. But the rest of these episodes have absolutely worked in um, week to week. And, you know, maybe there's another world where these are released in episodes of three. Um, but <clears throat> realistically, I do. How do you feel about that? I... 
only get annoyed with the one episodes because they end so like just blah and you just you just want more so i don't know if that's just me being greedy or if i'm like no this ah, this is just is not like it it stops the momentum so much so you know every week um but you know then i wake up on wednesdays and i'm like you know want to rocket to the moon i'm so excited to watch yeah so i i don't know i i i don't know that i i mean they definitely are there are mini arcs for sure but i i don't know that there's a world that they come out in sets so i feel like it's either this or it's a movie and i'd certainly prefer this just because it can be longer and they can do more in-depth character stuff and this is already longer than a normal show is sure um I still don't know if that's needed because again, this episode, like we could have gotten some bits of this put into other episodes mm. and I'm sure there's been an episode by now, maybe the second one. I don't remember what happened, but they could have bled that into and just made a little bit of a long, like 15 minute longer episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that we need all 12, but maybe it will all be worth it next week. Yeah, we'll see. Well, nerds tell me they are leaving. We hope you had as much fun as we did, and we hope you'll join us right after Thanksgiving for our thoughts on the Andor season finale and the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. As a small universe in a multiverse of other nerdverses, the subscriptions, follows, and reviews are super important for us to grow. So be sure you're subscribed to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. We thank you so much for listening and following along, and please keep telling all your nerdy friends about us. And remember, I don't have lately. I have always. Also, it's the holiday special. Sorry, holiday special. How dare I? (laughs) 